You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. Oh, he did it! (laughs) Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. What's up, Aaron? How you doing, man? I'm feeling good, Mark. How about yourself? You get the pre-show nap in? Yeah, I did today, man. I actually did. I can hear it in your voice. You sound rested. You sound West Coast. You sound relaxed. It ain't no blue collar in your voice. It just it just sounds all luxurious. I hate that. How do you how do you sound West Coast? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Man, we got a couple people in here. I, I I think something must have happened. It's it's kind of crazy. It's so, something must have happened. What happened? Can you refresh my memory? <laughs> Hold on, before before we get into it, because we certainly going to get into it, Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode 26, here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We're on Twitter Spaces right now, having some fun. Mark is on the West Coast, out in LA, Aaron Ladd here. Just a kid from Kansas City, man. I was at the art fair kicking it this weekend, just chilling. You ever been? I have been, actually. It's been a while, but I've been before. I have a hard time trying to understand how exactly it's an art fair because for me it, it was like it was like a music festival. They had like three different stages, there's drinks everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you got to mix in the adult fun with it, right? And you, you know, know, I'm not I'm not in Mark Gunnell's uh, you know, pay, tax bracket yet, so I can't really afford any of the art. Maybe one day. Oh, stop it! You're at the bar every night. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you guys follow Aaron Ladd on Instagram for his daily routines. Stop. Well, they say the, as far as habits, right? You are you are what you, you go to all these every day. I don't go to all the every day. <laughs> I don't go to all the every day, but it is one of the best grocery stores out. If all these listening, I mean, come on, show love, pay me. It's time. Yeah, they need to, bro. Because you're not there every day, but looking at your story, it really feels like it. Uh. It really. Does. I gotta stop. You at least go once. You at least go once a week. The problem is, I need to get more when I go to the grocery store. Like I only get a little bit at a time, and like I, oh, so you don't get you don't get bulk. You you're the guy that puts twenty in this gas tank instead of filling it up. Okay, <laughs> okay. you put twenty in every every three days. I got you. Okay, <laughs> I only go a little bit at a time. Sound like you in a good mood, man? How's the family? How's it? How's everything out there? Everything's good, man. Everything is everything, man. Um. For some reason, we had a heat wave out of nowhere again this past week because it was starting to cool down, you know, like in the 70s, maybe low 80s. This past week has been in the 90s. I'm like, I thought summer was over, but, you know, you know how that go. We finally got fall over here in, 
it's uh it's feeling good man the art fair was amazing you can have a light jacket on you can have the shorts on if you want to do it you know pick what's ever comfortable to you that's 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 where we're at right now in kc so it's been cool man and uh, I'm, I'm checking in with some of our our, our fans our listeners our audience i i don't want to call them fans I don't, i'm not comfortable with that but i'm looking at the reviews i see one here our, our guy from last week i, I gotta clear your name man he uh he, he came through anthony c says not sure how my name didn't come through but here's another five-star review for coast to coast that was me so it wasn't you mark i'm sorry Thank you. You tried to really accuse me of that, bro. That's crazy. Uh, Chief in enemy territory, Hockey Fizzle 85 says AP editor show out of structure. Cheeky British fellows, Chiefs Coast to Coast show and BK. He's locked in on all the pretty amazing podcasts. Those shows get him through his workouts, work days, and mowing the lawn on Friday. So, hey, we love to hear from y'all. I was at least some in North for a Hy-Vee high school game of the week, and dude comes up to me and says, yo, where's Mark at? Where's, where's Mark Gunnels at? <laughs> Wait, what was your response? <laughs> you know he's in LA, man. You know, you know I gotta stamp his car before he comes back into KC. <laughs> You're hilarious, man. You're hilarious. Hey, leave a review. We'll try and get to it. Funniest part of the show, something that gets you through your work week, your workout, whatever. We love that y'all are rocking with us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. We'll touch a little bit on Chiefs Bucks, of course. The latest on the hurricane. Where's the game even gonna be played? We'll go down to Vegas and check in on Mark, who's a little bloodied and bruised after last week. We'll see where his confidence is at headed into week four here in the National Football League. But we got to start, man. We got to start with the recap. Chiefs dropped this one in Indianapolis. Call it a trap game. Call it whatever you will. But two big surprises for this one, obviously, special teams and kind of the struggles they had all day. And the Chiefs' offense as well, and that's where we'll start. We'll pit those two against each other. Obviously, disappointing days for both units as far as Kansas City is concerned. Which one was the bigger surprise, in your opinion, Mark? Was it the Chiefs' offensive struggles or just how bad special teams was? Yeah, so this one's easy for me. It's clearly the special teams. I mean, the offense, yeah, they sputtered at times, but they moved the ball. I mean, pretty good, I would say, for the most part. I mean, there are multiple times where – they had to settle for a field goal. Obviously, they missed one, missed the extra point. Travis Kelsey obviously dropped that touchdown. So, I mean, if you get those points, man, they're they're flirting with almost 30 points. You know, and that wasn't anything that the Colts did to stop them. It was just more of them getting in their own way. But as far as special teams, I mean, my gosh, I already mentioned the missed field goal, missed extra point. Then, obviously, the Sky Moore fumble that led to an easy touchdown. So, I mean, yeah, and then even Pacheco a couple times bringing the ball out where he probably shouldn't have and only got to, like, the 10 or 15-yard line. So, yeah, it was just a complete mess from the special teams' perspective. Obviously, it's nice to have Harrison Bucker back at practice today, which was a major sigh of relief. It's one of those things where, you know, the old saying goes, you don't really know what you have until it's gone. And I think that's perfect with Harrison Bucker because, you know, we kind of take kickers for granted. We're like, okay, you know, he's just a kicker. But when you don't have a top five kicker no more, you got a guy off the street, he's missing extra points. You're like, okay, this is kind of important. Yeah, I mean, if you have him that game, you win that game, right? And there's other reasons why they lost, but, you know, those points were definitely were missed, obviously. So, yeah, definitely special teams is not even close to me. I'm going to straddle the line a little bit here. And you touched on all kind of the disappointments we saw 
from special teams. The missed 34 yarder by Amendola really kills you. Obviously, the muff punt gives. Oh yeah, Indy. I didn't even mention the fake field goal attempt. That failed. yeah, I, I don't know, and I, I don't know if this has been asked. I still need to catch up on. Um, you know, big reds availabilities and stuff, but maybe people are saying it was like a fire alarm and the, 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 you know, the snap was muffed and that was just kind of the, the pull latch emergency play, whatever, uh, whatever it was. Special teams was tough. And you touched on Pacheco as well and his kick returns. Special teams has got to improve. And we talk about units uh, on the defensive side and the offensive side, as far as new faces and, and, and generating chemistry and generating camaraderie and getting the timing down. Mahomes talked a lot about timing, Special teams is just like that. Did a little homework, got a number for you, Mark. It's guys who played more than 65% of snaps on special teams uh, against Indianapolis. Cook, Cochran, Lee, Bush, and LeMans. A new group there as well. And and guys that need to figure out, uh, you throw Sky Moore in there, you throw Isaiah Pacheco, the guys who are returning kicks for you. Uh, Not a lot of experience playing with each other and not a lot of experience playing in the National Football League. And it showed and it, and it bit you on the butt right in the worst possible time. Uh, special teams is the low-hanging fruit there. Uh, but quickly, I want to say KC got beat in the trenches too, man. Uh, I, I, that's something to me that, you know, we maybe took for granted a little bit when we talk about the Chiefs offensive line and we kind of just pencil them down as, oh, well, they're just going to beat these guys. I would say uh, Indianapolis beat them for, for large portions of the game. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the main problem is the tackles. I think the interior looked fine from what I saw in the All-22. Orlando Brown, for some reason, couldn't stay on his feet. Uh, that was very bizarre, to say the least. There's like at least three times I counted where he just literally fell on his own. So <laughs> uh, I don't know what that's about. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it definitely was an issue. And now you have the Bucks coming in, who obviously have a much more vaunted D-line. We're going to get into that in a little bit. So definitely got to clean that up for sure. Uh, I think some of the play designs were off as well, especially with the coverages that the Colts were playing. Gus Bradley, give him credit, man. He kind of mixed it up. It wasn't just the normal what we expect from him in the past, especially when he was with the Raiders. He mixed it up, and I think he was kind of bluffing last week when they were talking about, you know, having the same type of coverages against Mahomes that, you know, he's been torching them over the years. So, yeah, give him credit, but the Chiefs definitely have some things to clean up on the line. I thought the D-line on the other side was pretty good. I mean, what they got, what, three or four sacks, I believe? And obviously, <laughs> the Chris Jones one, or the play at the end. We'll get to that, though. I don't want to talk about that right now. Hey, Gus Bradley heard you talking. He must have tuned in the, to Chiefs Coast to Coast on the last pod. Yeah, said, he might oh. have a burner account, man. <laughs> he, was in the, yeah. he was in the Twitter spaces. Uh, I'm looking, and uh, somebody, a lot of great film work comes out. Nick Jacobs has a lot of good stuff, but... Uh, people looking at the All-22s kind of broke down uh, all three uh, uh, of Matt Ryan's sacks, and they all came against the same interior lineman. I don't want to misspeak and say who it was, but I'm, I'm looking to throw that video up on the Jumbotron. Trenches and, and, and Chiefs offense, definitely two big issues and, and things that need to be talked about a little bit more, but it seemed like you couldn't avoid talking about the spat between the enemy and Mahomes, man. This is, this is you. This, this this is this is this is drama. This is petty. This is this is feeding the Twitter streets. This is all of it. This, this is this is perfect made for Mark Gunnels. I don't like how you set me up like this. 
how you just team me up as this guy that's like TMZ or something. Like I love drama. Like TMZ. I'm like like the, I'm TNT or something. Like what is going on here, man? The the M and TMZ is actually for Mark. Believe it or not. Anyway, so about this spout or whatever you want to call it between Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes at halftime. Do I think it's a big deal? No. Do I think it's something? Yes. Because it seems that the Chiefs just have too many chefs in the kitchen, man. Like, how many times do we have to ask, who's making the calls today? Who made that play call? Was it EB? Was it Andy Reid? You know, does Matt Nagy have a lot of say in it? Or does Patrick Mahomes have the ability to audible? Like, there's just so much going on. And dating back to last year, Obviously, against the Bengals, all the fallout from that game. I think it's too much smoke to to not say it's nothing. But is it something to talk about for a week? No. We see people argue on the sidelines all the time. Coaches, players get into it. It's part of football. If you haven't played football before, maybe you just won't understand. But it's part of the emotion. I love that Patrick Mahomes wants to be aggressive and always go for the kill shot, right? But you need somebody that can dial him back a little bit because we saw even with Tom Brady when he was in New England with Belichick, Tom Brady wasn't like how he is now in Tampa. In Tampa, you feel like Tom Brady runs everything. In New England, it was about the shield of the Patriots, the Patriot way, right? It wasn't the Tom Brady way. And we know when he left, a lot of things came out about, you know, them not really getting along at times, right? But they still won. They were still successful. They won six championships together. So, yeah, you're not going to agree all the time, but that doesn't mean it's, it's cause for concern. So I, I think it's a, a big – I don't think it's a big deal at all. At first, and I, and I, I did out send out – gosh, talking is hard today. I did send out my initial thoughts when this first happened, but it's been fun to sit back and – not only see the reaction, but also see some of the spin that's come from Kansas City. And that's that's what it is, right? Like, they know more about this than us, and we're going to read into it based off uh, the interaction that we saw. Um, my um, my kind of formulated, I guess, have had a little bit more time to sit on the video. Uh, thoughts are that, you know, there is a little bit more smoke here. I, I, I wasn't one who bought into that whole article that came out last year and oh Mahomes and Bienemy are at an impasse. They can't work together anymore. Um, you know, they're they just Bienemy doesn't know how to talk to players. I just threw Shady's comments up on the Jumbotron if you're in here rocking with us on Twitter spaces about how he he knows nothing about passing and play calling. Pete Sweeney did a great job uh, uh during Monday's Andy Reid avail- availability about asking him, hey, how do you all call plays? Because I think that that's another thing that leads into that too many cooks in the kitchen feeling that you talked about. It, it's murky. It's cloudy. We've talked about that previously on this platform. Uh, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a decision by committee that happens in those headsets on, in the in KC, and part of it is analytics, and part of it is just Andy Reid having fifty one percent. I think that's another thing we have to remember when we talk about this. Um, but it's a little too, it's a little too spicy. It's a little too spicy for it to just be, for it to just be mild, if that makes sense. So you're putting a high alert on this. Uh, I'm not putting a high alert on it, but I'm one who thinks where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, I've seen 
practices, not only from St. Joe and training camp and those practices there, not just media looks, but when we took the camera down and we looked at them installing plays in the offense, kind of all the way through these little media looks that we get during the regular season. Um, and, and, and each coach has their role. You don't see that stepping on the toes type of uh, thing that we are so fearful of. I remember when Peter King was up at camp, I asked him point blank and I'll have to repost that video because um, that was something that I didn't think was talked about enough kind of leading up to the season, Matt Nagy coming back into the mix and how that would impact kind of the chemistry that they had here in Kansas city. And he said he felt like Andy Reed wouldn't allow that type of behavior. And you almost kind of saw that in the interaction, right? Like, like Andy Reed just kind of pulls Mahomes away. The explanation that we got, which kind of makes the most sense is that Pat just took a big hit right before that. Don't risk the franchise. Don't risk QB one, just go into halftime with him uh, with 14, 10. Uh, and, and I don't know, but it's, it's a family, right? Anytime you're in a family, there's going to be, <laughs> there's going to be some, some disagreements. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, like what you said as well, piggybacking on it, um, where there's smoke, there is a little fire. So I don't think it's nothing, but you know, the overreactions and, you know, people calling for guys jobs and stuff like that, I think it's a little excessive. I've seen some crazy stuff over the past, 48 hours in the Chiefs kingdom. But let me ask you, let me ask you this quickly, because I, yeah, I want to transition up? us off this. Will Eric Bieniemy be the Chiefs offensive coordinator next season? <laughs> oh wow. You really threw me that one, right? Um I would lean no. I would lean no. Explain that. And then we'll we'll talk about this Chris Jones flag to put a bow on uh Chiefs Colts. Well, I feel like it's ran its course at this point. I mean, the guy should have been a head coach maybe two years ago. And the fact that nobody's hired him has kind of really handicapped the Chiefs in a way because obviously now Kafka left. and He was potentially probably the next offensive coordinator in waiting, right? Like that was the natural uh, move after that, right? But since nobody hired EB, it, it made the Chiefs like we're stuck. And the only thing I push back on myself saying leaning no is Andy Reid's loyalty because they can't fire him because the the label fire, like Eric Bannon would have no chance of being head coach at all in the NFL, like none. They'll be like, oh, Andy Reid fired him. Oh, I definitely not going to touch him now. So it would have to be something where it's like a mutual thing where it doesn't come off as the Chiefs didn't want him. Or if he gets an OC job somewhere else, or maybe even go the college route. I think he could be a head coach in college somewhere, but I'm not sure about the NFL because if it hasn't happened now, I mean, what's going to change at this point? They went to four straight AFC championship games. We have this conversation a lot with the enemy, and I think what we're seeing and what we've seen with him is narratives have become real life. We saw that in politics last year. Uh, or or the previous four years, narratives become real life and narratives have impacts. And, and, and to me, Eric Bieniemy should have been a head coach by now. I just threw this up on the Jumbotron. Chiefs points per game under Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. First in 2018, fifth in 2019, sixth in 2020, uh, fourth in 2021. And so far they're averaging 29 points per game in 2022. Whether you want to say it's Somebody else is that, and that's another thing I hate is you know it's always like oh whenever the Chiefs offense does well it's somebody else and when it does bad it's EB but 
that's a conversation for uh, an entire league. We could we could have a whole podcast on that, man. Yeah, A and Aaron, before we transition, shout out the Jayhawk talk. I see you down there. Really? Hey man, that's one of the best KU brands on this on this website. So shout out to Salute, Jayhawks. Salute, man. Talk. I was in shout out, shout, shout out to the should be ranked Kansas Jayhawks, Heisman candidate, Jalen Daniels. I, was the, I, I gotta say this. Uh, I gotta say this. Jalen Daniels. We have Daniels, to talk a little KU, man. He, they're, he, he, they're hot. They're hot right now in the Metro, man. He's special with the ball in his hands. And he makes everybody around him better. For him to be as young as he is, uh, the sky's the limit for that offense. I'm curious to see if they can keep it up. Um, but it was fun. It was a lot of energy in that building, man. It's probably special for a lot of those alumni. You're gonna be back this Saturday against Iowa State? No, the national champs are in the states, so I'll be headed down. To oh Florida. yeah, the Georgia yeah. beating Mizzou by seventy game. That's right. Anyway, Chris Jones got a flag at a critical time in the game. We'll wrap this. Up. <laughs> they still haven't said what he said. He hasn't. Uh, you know, he said he just needs to play better. Do, do you put the loss on him? I mean, the flag can't, couldn't have come at a worse time. I guess. <laughs> So this game is funny because there's literally five different things you could point at as to why the Chiefs lost. Obviously, the sky fumble gave them seven free points. Uh, the missed kicks, Travis Kelsey dropping a touchdown. If I had to pick one, and this isn't how sports works, but we're just going to do it because we're having fun here, right? If I had to pick one of those things that I think was the most impactful on why the Chiefs lost, I'm actually going to say Travis Kelsey dropping that touchdown. Because that's something that normally doesn't happen. Now, uh, a kicker off the street, I can see him missing a kick and an extra point. That's not abnormal. Sky Moore fumbling a punt. He never did it in college. He was never a punt returner ever in college. I don't know why he's even doing it. So that's not something that is just abnormal. Chris Jones getting that penalty. I've seen him talk trash to Tom Brady before. But he, ne- he didn't get flagged for it. So that's not abnormal. Now, the flag may be abnormal because I'm not even sure what he said. And then I even releasing what he said. But Travis Kelsey dropping a touchdown, you don't see that. So if I had to pinpoint one particular thing, I would say that. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. He also... uh was listed on the injury report today, but then the injury specification was that it was non-injury related. Uh, the head honcho wanted us to know if maybe, or wanted us to proposition on this platform, if this could potentially be a team suspension or some sort of team discipline uh, loading coming down the pipeline based on this. Do you have anything on that? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Let's quickly get through this. This is uh, Panic or Patience here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode 26, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Aaron Ladd here, joined by luxurious Mr. Mark Gunnels on the West Coast. I saw that video you posted over the weekend with your chest out. That's nasty, bro. I mean, you know. You That's know. nasty, dog. That's nasty. You know, when I get my fresh, fresh cut, you know, I'll be feeling myself a little bit. Ah, I just got one, too. Needed that. Panic or patience on, <laughs> on some certain Chiefs. Uh, this one kind of obvious. Sky Moore had the muffed punt. Andy Reid even said going into Indianapolis, they had a specific list of plays designed to get him going, and it just didn't work out that way. Panicking or, or, or being patient with Sky Moore? I'm being patient, but I'm getting very irritated because – I even said before the season, I didn't expect him to be heavily involved in the offense for the first six, seven games, but I also didn't expect him to have less than 10% of the snaps either. (laughs) Like there was some middle ground in my mind and it's not being uh, accommodated for me at all. I mean, he had what, nine snaps last game. I think against the Chargers, he only had two snaps. Like, what are we doing here? Especially when McCole Hardman clearly isn't 100%. He's hobbling every game at a certain point. I, I just don't understand why you can't incorporate him a little bit more. I'm not asking him to play 70% of the snaps, but it can I at least get 30%? 40 I mean, is that too much to ask for? So, yes, I don't like that at all. And like I said before, I'm not sure why he's returning punts. He literally did not do this one time in college. So why is he doing it now when you have, well, I guess he's not 100% healthy, but McCole Harmon should be the one doing it because he's actually really good at that. He, he made all pro as a punt returner. He's really good at it. I don't understand it. It literally makes no sense to me. And don't give me the, well, McCole Harmon is too involved in the offense now to do punt returns. He has, what, five catches all year? I, uh, I'm i with you on the punt return thing. I, I would rather put somebody back there who has a little bit more confidence because that, to me, is what it boils down to with Sky. You see the potential there. You saw what he did at the college level. Um, it's week three of his rookie season. I saw it in preseason with Sky. I mean, that toe tap in Chicago shows you that this guy can do it at a professional level. It's just a matter of knocking out the jitters. He's a rookie. This is Andy Reid's system. It's a tough system for guys. If you look at McCole Harbin's numbers – uh, when he was a younger player, give it some time. Uh, I, I give it some time while, on Skyboard. I got another guy down here. It's Rashad Fenton on the defensive side of the ball. Allowed four catch, or excuse me, allowed five catches on five targets for 48 yards and a 106.7 quarterback rating. 
when targeted by that noodle arm quarterback, Matt Ryan, down in Indianapolis? Are you panic or patience on Rashad Fenton? The only reason I'm going to say patience is because Trent McDuffie is out. If Trent McDuffie wasn't out and this was still happening, I would say panic because we've seen this trend before with Fenton, especially he gets a lot. He gets really grabby at times. I mean, you can count on him getting a holding or pass interference one, once every two games. It's going to happen. He's undersized. Um, he seems to not get his head around at times. But I do believe when McDuffie is back and what Watson has shown so far, I, I do think his snaps may decrease a little bit. So he's not as, um, what I can I say, not as important per se. And then also, I, I really am high on McDuffie to the point where I'm putting him on opposing team's best receiver. I know I've only seen one game in preseason and training camp. I get all of that. But there's some guys you can just tell they're ready from day one. And in limited time, he never got targeted. Like, you didn't have to worry about him at all, which is why I was so, so disheartened when he got hurt because I wanted to see the progression as the season went on, especially in the early part. But luckily, it wasn't as bad as it looked at the time. So when he gets back, I think everybody gets in place. So I'm not going to panic on that just because Trip McDuffie is gone. I'll go opposite side on you on this. I'm panicked on Rashad Fenton purely because of what the Chiefs have told us. We talked with defensive backs coach Dave Merritt during training camp, and he talked about how excited he was to have Fenton back, who was ahead of schedule coming back from that offseason surgery. He was going to be somebody that the unit looked to for leadership. And he's playing next to these rookies, (laughs) these rookie corners who uh, have not played snaps in the National Football League, and he's the one that's getting picked on and allowing over a hundred quarterback rating. I'm a little nervous about Rashad Fenton. And, and another that part of that is because Trent McDuffie is out. We, you can go ahead and say, Oh, well, he's on IR and he'll be back for this, but uh, no two rehabs are the same. Uh, I, I'm waiting to see what McDuffie looks like when he gets back. And in the meantime, I'm worried about Rashad Fenton. Last one is on the offensive side. Again, and it's Orlando Brown. You mentioned it, man. There was a couple plays in there where <laughs> it was a little, uh, Tough footing, I guess I'll say. Three allowed three hits, six hurries, and two penalties in three games. Panic or patience on uh, Orlando Brown? Panic, 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 panic. Um, Orlando Brown, he's shown in the past to struggle against speed pass rushers. Obviously, he came from Baltimore, which is a very heavy run system. Coming to Kansas City, the complete opposite, <laughs> to say the least. So. I was hoping in year two, and like I said before, it is early. It's only week three, going into week four. But based on what I've seen so far, he has not improved. And actually, he looks a little worse, (laughs) surprisingly. And it's really mind-boggling to me because this is a guy that's playing for a contract. He turned down what I thought was a pretty good offer for his play. But he wants to be, uh, you know, a top paid left tackle. He wants to reset the market. And he's done nothing so far that indicates he's worthy of that at all. At all. I mean, at this point, I'm not even sure the Chiefs even want to tag him and bring him back. That's how bad he's been looking. I'm not even exaggerating. Because it's, he's really hindering this offense. There's plenty of times where he gets beat and it forces Mahomes to get off his spot. And it just messed up the whole rhythm of the offense. And we know Andy Reid's offenses are really timing and rhythm based. Now, Mahomes is really good at off script stuff, 
so he can make things look pretty when it's really going bad. But do you really want to live like that? So, yes, I'm panicking Orlando Brown right now. I'm not sure if he's in his own head trying to prove that he's worth top dollar at left tackle. But he looks even worse than last year because last year I thought he was pretty solid. But through three weeks, he's arguably been probably been the worst offensive lineman on the team, either him or Wiley. I will search for another video that I'm going to throw up to you. Not only you, but it's also in the Jumbotron. And it's Ed Reed talking about Lamar Jackson's contract situation. And in turn, he talked about how his own contract struggles with the Ravens impacted how he played football. And I'm curious, you said Orlando Brown looks like he's playing in his own head. I'm curious if this whole contract situation has changed Orlando Brown's uh, approach. You know, maybe he's, uh, whereas he's thinking a little bit more, not just playing freely or, you know, he, he knows what he has to lose here with this prove it year or playing with no safety net type of thing. Um, I'll shoot him a little bail and say this eight game stretch, the toughest in NFL history. And you can say that as far as pass rushes are concerned uh, through three weeks or through three weeks. Well, Arizona week one, uh, Los Angeles week two, and then Indianapolis, those boys got eaten up, but uh, I'm panicked, man. I'm, I'm absolutely panicked there. That was a good segment. Panic or patience. Finish that up. Let's go to Chiefs Bucks. How about that? Indianapolis was week three, Chiefs Bucks week four. Where's this game going to be, Mark? What's your, what's your latest uh, on that? I think ultimately it's going to be played in Minnesota. I mean, based on what I've seen today, the videos down there in Florida, first of all, I hope everybody's staying safe down there. Uh, it looks it looks crazy, man. Uh, yeah, it's really wild. And I just can't imagine. I mean, it may clear before then, but still, man, I just think you have to make a decision pretty soon because obviously the Chiefs have to travel, what, Friday or Saturday. So they need to know <laughs> probably within the next 24 hours, I would say. And it just seems like you want to get far away as possible from that. And they were talking about Minnesota would be the replacement city uh, at U.S. Bank. So I do believe ultimately it will be played there. I, th I think it's just a bad look to have a game there um, with all that going on. That community needs to worry about more important things than football. So I think Minnesota is the right move. Yeah, want to echo what you just said. Thinking about everybody down there, I see my buddy Deacon Sheely in here. Reporter down there in Tampa has been following the Bucks. I, I hope everybody down there is safe. That's priority number one. Football is a game. While this is big business, they can find a way to squeeze this game in. They'll move it somewhere. They'll play it where it has to be played. Uh, but these are lives we're talking about. And um, it's tough, man. I, I had family that was impacted by Katrina, and it's still, it still impacts us to this day. It's not just a, a, a landfall and, and that kind of thing, but there's stuff afterwards. And yes, it is impacting the Chiefs, but I uh, want to make sure we say that. Um, I, I'm looking at the Wednesday injury report for KC. Limited practice for for Butker, which which you feel good about, right? Yeah, just the fact that he's back, I feel great. Yeah, MVS is is on here as well. We talked about Jones being on there. Uh, as far as it not a concern, if you could have one of these names, it would be Butker. I'm, I'm guessing, but it seems like KC's relatively healthy. Yeah, I would say so. The only one I think even gives me a little bit of pause is McCole Hardman because we've seen him get rolled up the last couple of weeks. So I'm not exactly sure how much that's affecting him. But uh, he definitely doesn't seem like he, he's himself right now. 
Serta mentioned this in our group chat, kind of previewing this game, Chiefs, Bucks, Sunday night football. You can watch that locally on KSHB 41, your home of the Chiefs, but obviously on NBC uh, if, if you're a chief in enemy territory. He mentioned, hey, you know, there's going to there's gonna be a lot, of, a lot of things that get uh, headlines, right, the, between Brady and Mahomes, this rematch, the hurricane, this being um, uh, in Tampa where they won the Super Bowl, but really – the Chiefs offense versus the Bucks defense could be something that decides the game when these two teams match up. It, it, it's a unit that's been struggling for KC Mark versus a unit for Tampa that uh, <laughs> looks to be in good shape. And Shaq Barrett, uh, he, he gave you some bulletin board material too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what he said, I saw you uh, retweet that or whatever. It's very funny because, I mean, if you look at the film from the Colts game, I can see why he may feel that way, but obviously it's nowhere near true. I mean, four guys from that offensive line at Super Bowl are not even in the NFL right now. <laughs> like, let that sink in. They're not even in the league anymore, four of those guys. So, obviously, it's not the same line, not even close. This one's much better, but they are vulnerable at the tackles position. I will say that, but the interior, I think, is top-notch. Full quote from Shaq Barrett. I don't really really think it's too much of a difference. I believe he's talking about a difference from when they saw each other in the Super Bowl. I think we have a lot of favorable matchups. We have an opportunity to really dominate the game, to really impose our will as pass rushers, and to really have a coming out party. I'll throw that up on the Jumbotron now. That's a, that's a way to beat Kansas City's offense, right? We talk about them needing to stay on schedule in order to succeed. When you're trying to balance the ball out, when you're trying to spread the ball around, Running basket touches, intermediate routes, short, small game, open up Kelsey. It's all predicated off staying on schedule. And if the Bucks D-line can take advantage of, like you said, Orlando Brown struggling, um, Wiley struggling, some guys banged up, uh, it, it can move Mahomes off the spot. It can keep them off schedule. I, I look back at that MVS throw, and I'll try and throw that up on the Jumbotron as well. I mean, a half second off, and, and – that can make a difference in a game like this. <laughs> it could absolutely make a difference in a game like this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime, anytime you face a Tom Brady team, even though the offense hasn't been looking good, they should be getting some guys back this week. Obviously, Mike Evans will be back. I'm not sure about Julio Jones and Chris Godwin, but just having Mike Evans back is key for him, obviously. A big body target he can just throw the ball to. And we know that our corners are very deceptible to big body receivers on those jump ball situations but going back to the other side of the ball yeah I mean if they can get Mahomes off his spot I mean they're going to have a lot of success they really are and it's going to be up to those guys especially Orlando Brown going against the Shaq Barrett right containing him letting Mahomes have a clean pocket and one thing I want to see more from Mahomes as well especially with the struggles that we're seeing on the offensive line right now I think he needs to scramble for yardage a little bit more I know he likes to be the pass-first guy and always keeping his eyes down the field, which is fine. But I do think um, he has the ability, and we've seen it before, to extend plays with his feet, get those first downs, move the chains, because then it brings it makes the defense more honest, right? When you have that threat of a running quarterback. I'm not saying turn into a Lamar Jackson or anything, but he's more than capable of getting those you know, third and four, third and five, things aren't open okay i'm just gonna go get the first down run out of bounds i want to see a little bit more of that i absolutely agree with you especially considering the struggles that the chiefs run game has had 
Mahomes can be a real threat with his legs, and that can be something, as you said, that keeps the defense honest. Let's flip-flop it really quick. I think the Chiefs' defense can absolutely take advantage of their matchup with Tampa's offense. That is an offense that really hasn't done much through three weeks. Brady, 65% completion percentage for three touchdowns and about 675 yards, but no first-half touchdowns for Tampa Bay uh, through three games so far. Uh, I think if Chris Jones is motivated by whatever he said or didn't said or the flag or whatever, uh, this is an opportunity matchup wise where he could come out uh, and take advantage. Yeah. And we're talking about the chiefs offensive line. The bucks offensive line is really in shambles. I mean, they had so many injuries even before the year started and we know what Tom Brady now, at least with Mahomes, he can move around and elude sacks and still make something happen. If you get Brady off his spot, the play is pretty much dead. And the way to do it is to get interior pressure up the middle. And who's better than that besides Aaron Donald than Chris Jones? So I do expect Chris Jones, like you said, to have a big game, especially after last week. You know he's being really hard on himself about costing the Chiefs the game, probably in his mind, even though I don't think he did anything wrong. But he's going to take it upon himself to really have an impact in this game. And him and Tom Brady have a little history. Talk about trash talking. I mean, (laughs) he be talking some good stuff to Tom Brady. Uh, Make sure you guys check out some YouTube clips. There's some mic'd up stuff of him uh, talking to Tom Brady out there. So hopefully uh, he doesn't get flagged this time. I see a couple of hands up in our audience. We're going to get to y'all next. If you have questions for us, just want to say what's up anytime. We love making y'all part of the show. We'll get to that next. But first, we got to get down to Vegas. Mark Gunnels had a tough week last week. Mark, your picks, and here they are. You took Chiefs six and a half, minus six and a half. I believe you said that they would win by two touchdowns. And then Kelsey over receiving yards, 73 and a half. What do you finish with? 58. 58. So 0 for 2 last week. We'll check back on your full total. That makes it 5 and 4 on the season I have. Is that the math you have, sir? That is correct. 5 and 4 on the season. We're headed into week 4. 0 for 2 last week, but that's fine. It's good. You're still above water. You're still above 500, and you're handing out winners this week for our our great listeners here Coast to Coast. So um, I just want to say this real quick before I give out my my plays for this week. If Kelsey would have caught that touchdown, that would have hit the over by one. Uh, if, if it's if it's and butts, right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you would have caught that, that would have hit the over by one yard. But I digress. Um, <laughs> you're probably going to laugh at this, Aaron, because this is such a cop-out move. But I'm only have one play this week. Come on, dog. <laughs> so I, I can't. On, I can't go really? under five. I can't go under five hundred. We gotta. We gotta set some rules. I gotta get Serta. I gotta get Serta in on this. See if that's even allowed, man. This, this, hey, there was no rules that you have to make at least three plays or two plays. There was no rules. I want y'all to see. I want y'all to see how he's doing, man. He's so afraid of dipping under five hundred that he doesn't even want to get. Two but no, plays I'm out. really, I'm really trolling. I, I really only love one play. Like I really do. I, I, I'm not gonna force plays I don't love just just for the sake of giving out plays. And uh, okay, like, give, give, give like, us, give, give us the one. I don't like none of the player props. I'm going a little different this time. I'm doing the the game total of the points. I'm going the under because right now the total is what is it at? It's at 45. I think that's too high for this game. 
I think both defenses are playing really good. I see this like a 21 to 17, 23 to 20 type game. And both of those scores would be under 45 points. So I'm taking the under at 45. I actually like that as a snipe from you. I might uh, drive over on State Line Road and see what I can do. Oh, you know, on the Kansas side, he takes under 45 as the game total. Tampa's moving around due to the hurricane. Still don't know where this game is played. Two offenses that are still trying to get the timing down. I don't, I don't, I don't hate that, Mark. I, I see the vision. I see the vision. Yeah, 45 just seems a little too high to me. But I think it's because, you know, Brady, Mahomes, people think it's going to be some points put up. But I don't think it's going to be the case. Good show, man. Let's get let, let's get to the audience. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So you're gonna go to you're going to Kansas to put that play in? You know, if you lose my house, man, I'm gonna be very upset. I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I'm gonna have to podcast from the library or something. <laughs> hey, what's up, D Mac? How you doing? Doing bro? well, man. How you guys doing, Mark and Aaron? Good to good to be on here, coast to coast. Um, I I do have a question, and it, it's kind of tied to you. Hey, real quick, D Mac. Real go quick, D Mac. Real quick. Do you like Do you like my I play? I do like your play. Oh I, Lord! Here we look, go. I'm not gonna lie, to you, Aaron. Look, you got to set a minimum. You got to make this man give you three a week, though. I'm not letting him skate yeah, on. Yeah, because though. he's trying to fin- he's trying to finesse it. And I'm glad y'all see. I'm it. not letting. Him I'm skate glad on y'all it. see it. Lay, we, we're gonna see. We, if this one wins, then we'll come up with some rules. I get with Serta behind the For scenes. For sure, I, I do like the under though, Mark. But uh, I do have a question specifically around you guys' panic or patience. Uh, given Fitton's struggles, and, and I'm not saying that he's terrible, but obviously we know his limitations. And given how well that Watson's played, I want to see you guys' confidence in this team playing the rookies that need to be playing. And so, which are you more confident in? That Sky Moore outsnaps Miko Hardman from now until the bye, or that whenever Trent McDuffie gets back, that Watson outsnaps Fitton? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I like that question, D-Mac. I like that. Oh, I've got my answer. I can go ahead and say. Yeah, yeah go. I'm, I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking. I'm more confident in, in, in the Duffy play because we know firmly when he gets in, he's going to be on the field and you're one. Sky, I think, is more of a slow burn. And, and I don't have an issue with that. And I don't know if necessarily Chiefs fans should have an issue with that. There is a role in an offense for that type of guy, but it's going to be at his speed. And Casey has a variety of pass catchers that they feel comfortable with now to where he's not even getting on the field. Let it take time. Let it develop. Uh, I don't think that he – I'm taking the – of those two options, I'm taking the McDuffie route. So, see, actually, I'm going the opposite, and here's why. Because McDuffie and Fenton can share the field together. You can have one guy on one side, one guy on the other side. It doesn't have to really affect uh, Fenton. It could affect just Watson more so, right? But I would say with Sky, he's kind of in the position where if he gets more snaps, I think he takes those snaps away from McCole Hartman. Because, you know, McCole Hartman is more of the gadget guy and, you know, going in motion and things of that nature. And the fact that they're already using Sky as a punt returner indicates that they're probably going to use him in a similar role that McCole Hardman is in right now. So I'm going to actually say Sky. But what's up, CJ? Mark Aaron, what's going on, fellas? How we doing? Yo, yo, yo. You're? You're? Um, as far as that play, I like that play, Mark. I'll, I'll take the under as well. If there was another prop, I would probably take Aaron. I know you may agree with this one. I would take the under on whatever Brady's yards is. He's been struggling a lot this year. That old line's been playing very bad in Tampa Bay. And obviously – 
our D-line's been getting a lot of pressure. Obviously, we had a multiple sack game last week. But I would say, what's your guys' opinion on as far as our receivers? From what I saw in Indianapolis, guys have been getting open as far as sitting in zones. I would like to see Sky play more. So I think he'd be a guy that can beat one-on-one coverage, especially when guys are going to blitz a lot. But I expect Todd Bowles to give us a lot of pressure this week. Going on with Aaron said with Shaq Barrett's comments, I think they believe our O-line can be exposed. So I expect a lot of blitz and man coverage this week. Hey, really good stuff there. I actually really like that. Uh, <laughs> I really like that under Brady passing yards too. He started off slow, and for our fantasy players, if you invested in Brady, you haven't really loved what you got back yet. As far as the receivers and what we've seen through three weeks, uh, is is incomplete. Is that a cop out answer, or, or or is that what I'm settling on here? I, I think that's, with a, the, that's a cop. That's a cop out answer. Uh, okay. Well, the truth is, it's it, it's a an offense predicated on. Spreading the ball around. It's not going to be one dominant guy. I mean, you would have been disappointed by Kelsey's numbers so far if you bought and were fully in on, on Kelsey being the lead guy. It, it, it's more of a committee. Uh, I would like to see if I had to pick a guy that I want to see a little bit more from, it's MVS. We haven't yeah. really seen that connection blossom of all of them as of yet, but um, it definitely seems it definitely seems like an incomplete grade for me. I'm going to go yellow light lad. I had to right at the end. Hey, what's up, Urban? How you doing, man? Yes, sir. What's going on, fellas? Hey, can't call oh, you, man. <laughs> hey, yo, hey, for us, the McDuffie thing, hey, when he come back, we can get him on the field as well as Fenton for when we have to go to the five D-backs. Hey, the more the merrier. For us, Sky, hey, yes, definitely. We need to get me called out of where Nurse that Hill. He's obviously, hey, he hobbling he out there like a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a hurt horse or something. Get him out of there. Get Sky some snaps. Hey, even when McCole come back, the more the merrier. We can get them two guys on the field at the same time on the offense. It's, it's, it's something else. No, yeah, I, I totally agree, man. Like, I've been pounding the table. I even tweeted yesterday, unlock Sky more. Unlock Sky more. Because to me, I know he's a rookie, and I've been saying it, and Aaron's going to roll his eyes once again. He's the best pure route runner on this team. He has a certain feel for the game you cannot teach for a rookie. His release is insane. He has big hands. He doesn't drop anything except punts, which he shouldn't be doing anyway. He doesn't drop anything except punts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a bar. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I just think if you – incorporate him in the offense it could take it to a whole nother level man i really really believe that and i just hope they're just waiting for the right time and i think it's gonna happen eventually i mean you didn't pick this guy in the second round to only have him play nine snaps a game so i'm gonna say what i always say when we have discussions like this it is not just a one-way street sometimes it's a two-way street rookies have to catch up to the playbook and the coaches have to catch up to to the rookie man it's a it's a chemistry thing. It's two sides to the equation. Hey, what's up, Corey? How you doing, man? How's it going? Hey, going good, man. Yo, yo. So one thing that I noticed when re-watching the game is the lack of creativity in the play calling. If you look at the Arizona game and even part of the Chargers game, they had a lot of success with the two tight end sets and uh, using Noah Gray on different levels other than Kelsey. And stacking one high, one low, and Gray like squirting out to the outside underneath Kelsey with Kelsey taking the linebacker coverage or the safety help. I didn't see any of that in this game. Do you have any idea why they kind of went away from that and went back to like a conventional play calling set even when it wasn't working? 
Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, our own, our very own Ron, he actually had a nice fil- film review on Arrowhead Pride. Gosh, I can't talk now either, Aaron. But uh, <laughs> check out the film review on Arrowhead Pride. And one thing that he mentioned in that that I thought was really, really interesting is the way they're using the tight ends with Kelsey, Noah Gray. A lot of times when they're in that 12 personnel, those guys are lined up on the outside as basically wide receivers, which means there's no threat of a run, right? Because they're not in, bunched up, ready to block at all. So the defense can just pin their ears back, and those guys on the outside, they can just, oh, okay, it's going to be a pass. We can just prepare for that. We don't have to come down at all. And that's why they're missing Blake Bill. And I think he's kind of the forgotten guy that nobody's talked about that's not here right now. But Blake Bell is by far their best run-blocking tight end. And you saw in the preseason how the offense looked a lot more smoother when he was in those heavy sets because he can really knock guys down. I mean, even defensive ends. Like, he can, he's a guy that you can line up against the DN and be like, okay, he can hold his own. You can't really do that with Noah Gray. And we know Travis Kelsey, you want him running those routes. So I think they miss Blake Bell, man. And I think it's been a, something that nobody's talked about. We need to talk about a little bit more. It's being talked about here on this platform. We've been putting the work in, man. I heard a lot of numbers this cut. A lot of numbers this show. Yeah, I was saying. You know, I feel like the fans don't really acknowledge how important he really is. Yeah, because he's not catching touchdowns. You know how fans are. They want you ain't in the end zone. Who are you? Yeah, that, that's true. That is true. And where's Jody Fortson last game? We'd like to see him a little bit more involved. All right, we got one more here. What's up, Zach? Hey, I was just going to piggyback off of that. So since they don't have Blake Bell, at least until probably midway through the season, what if they started going a little heavier? What if they did throw out, like, Tega Wanogo or someone and had, like, someone that could actually block out on the edge? If you could, if you can't have a tight end because Noah Gray and Jody Fortson can't get done blocking – I say just go heavier personnel. Maybe throw in a six lineman every now and then and just see what you can do. Because I haven't seen them do that in a few years. Well, didn't they didn't they bring in Colin Saunders on that one play? Yeah, that's goal line. <laughs> that's Andy goal line. That's just a different. That's no, different. I know, I know. I'm 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 joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, but seriously though, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it, man. But I know Andy doesn't want to do that because he wants as many options down the field as possible. If, if it was up to Andy, he'll go empty set the whole entire game. <laughs> Just my five linemen, four wide receivers, let's play football. You can't leave 15 out there like that, dog. I know, but you know in a perfect world, Andy would love to do that. But you can't. You can't. That's it, man. I don't got no more for us, though. Look at you. I hope you, I hope, I hope you gave out a winner this week because next week I'm coming back with real – we we gonna need real picks when you at when you five and five. Wow, I thought you were putting I thought you were putting this play in. Now you're saying it's a loss. <laughs> I haven't decided which way to take your picks. Do I want to bet against them or do I want to secretly ride? Uh, you don't you don't know if you're telling or fading me yet. <laughs> by, Good by, show by, this week. By what week will you know I'm telling Mark or I'm telling Mark? I'm the, bi- the 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 bye week is telling me everything. Like, okay. If you if you under five hundred by the bye week. I'm like, Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Man, good show. Chiefs Colts is in the books. Chiefs Bucks is up next. 
For Mark Gunnels, I'm Aaron Ladd. We out of here. We out. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.